Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. There we go. We're live in both spots. Well, live, at in, it. live in one spot, I guess, on YouTube. This The recording will be later, but we're going. Yeah. We're as, here. Uh, has that process made it a little easier on your end? Like, for those that don't know, Ross yeah. is the mastermind of everything. So, like, when we, do, when we go live, <laughs> I think that, that benefits you to some degree, right? Yeah, it does. And it makes it easier for just for, like, the – I mean, because editing and uploading an hour and plus long video – is a pain in the butt. Yeah. And especially when that's not like really what I do. I just have a basic enough understanding to like get a version of it up there. But yeah. when you do lives, it just clips it and automatically uploads. I don't have to do anything. And yeah. what's nice is the, the software that we use to record these like actually clips really good video and audio quality as we're doing it live. So yep. I don't have to do it. Like the only thing I could, you know, dress it up and put like the intro music and a, like an intro video clip on it or do that or whatever. Or like we could just jump right into the middle of a conversation, kind of like we do when we start it anyways, and just leave it uploaded exactly how it is, which makes it yeah. way easier for me. Well, I saw a funny guy. Uh, well, he's not a funny guy. I, can, I, I don't follow him, but I've seen him around on a few memes and stuff like that. He's a big, big guy, powerlifter, bodybuilder type. Yeah. Uh, probably, probably more strong man or powerlifter. Uh, definitely not a lean guy. But he's got a tattoo head and full tattoo body. And he's talking about, like, my God, if I have to see one more video of somebody doing tricep extensions <laughs> where they put, where they put it in, like, black and white and they put this montage of, like, you know, 300-type music and they're they're straining their ass off. He's like, it's tricep pushdowns, bro. Like, <laughs> right. just show it for what it is. He was like, but that's the thing. People, people don't care that you're doing tricep pressdowns. They yeah. want to be entertained. Yeah. Like they, they want to just be like, and that's weird, man, because they're, you know, we talked about it a little before we started. Actually, I appreciate those 15, 20 minute conversations beforehand as much yeah. as I do the hour. But, you know, talking about somebody shooting like a recurve bow, mm. like you take somebody and you just watch them shoot a bow. It, it's not that exciting. 
but you take somebody and they put like flames and music and crafty editing and it's like holy shit that's the coolest <laughs> thing i've ever seen but the problem is i have found right. repeatedly that most of the people with the, the valuable that nugget of information that i'm looking to get me from where i'm at to where i want to be are not people who are yeah. spending hours and hours editing because their hours and hours right. comes as experience in the field or doing their craft so it's a weird yeah. it's a weird juxtaposition as like the experts are almost overlooked and, and ignored whereas like yeah. these pseudo experts with editing are now the, the the name and the face that everybody associates with the other thing that, that is yeah they're just better that, at the marketing front and getting in in front of there's get better at getting for sure. in front of people yep. yeah and the other thing that's kind of strange about yeah. that too you know you start with like netflix we don't want commercials well now you know you have to buy you have to pay for the premium to not get the commercials and instagram is nothing but a commercial you know it's it's literally just ad yes. after ad after ad even if it's not an ad it's somebody wearing a shirt wearing a hat wearing this or wearing that and dude again i understand the irony of this i have sponsored companies that i work with but it's like i try to weave those things into my reality like i'm wearing this shirt from yeah. from wink's bar because I like this shirt. I'm wearing this hat from Daisy May Hat right. Company because I like Gage and I like the hats. Uh, this necklace from Richard Baguette, these bracelets from Richard Baguette, because I like the bracelets. It's not because he said, hey man, will right. you pimp my bracelets? Will you pimp my sweatshirt or whatever? Right. That comes after. It's like, man, I really like your stuff. How can I help you out? And most of the most of the time for me, I, there's no monetary exchange. It's like, no, you're a good dude. Right. I want to share that. And it's such a, I don't know that it's a foreign concept to some of these people, but dude, I, you know, in my position with Swornex, you talk to people that are, that are in that space a lot. And some people don't even want to talk to you unless there's money on the table, you know? Yeah. And it's like, what the hell, man? Uh, yeah. It's just a, it's a strange direction that we're going. And it's a strange accommodation that we say, I don't want commercials. I'm tired of being advertised to, but the number one uh, social media platform is Instagram. You know, it's like that is a commercial, a living, right. breathing, nonstop commercial. On so, a on a like kind of a side note, I it, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I think it's about one of the funniest things ever with all of the streaming services lately. Like, remember when they first like really kicked off? It was like, hey, look, no ads, one low monthly price. You get all the content, all the stuff. You know, and then like you said, all of them uh, realized that they actually now need because they have these huge production movies i mean or like these huge series that they're doing that cost billions of dollars to make a year yeah and now they're like oh well we actually need some more revenue how do we do this and now they're like hey what about ads like yeah. so now they've introduced like these different levels and so i always imagine <clears throat> i always imagine them like in this meeting where people have forgotten what tv was and they're like all that exists is the streaming company like ceos and they've just forgotten television and so yeah. they're like hey look what do we how can we get more like well, what if we split up a couple of times an episode and we'll pop some sponsored ads in and we'll we'll you know 30 seconds and we'll make some money from that and then uh and then they're talking about like oh well what if all of us all of our streaming service like what if hbo netflix hulu uh apple plus what if we all combine and we have one platform that people just pay one price a month for with all of our stuff. And it's like, oh, you mean cable? 
like yeah, what we did exactly. for like it's just reverting back to exactly the same thing and it's just the dumbest but the funniest thing ever to see well you know i i do appreciate and accept the concept of like okay this episode if i were to watch this episode or a, an episode of television let's say i watch an hour of tv a night on network television out of that hour you're going to see 15 minutes of commercials that's just, yeah. you know, a 30-minute episode is about 22 minutes long yep. of actual content. So you're getting about 15 minutes. Okay, you tell me 15 minutes a day is going to be dedicated to advertisement, or you can pay 15 bucks a month. Yep. Okay, that sounds pretty good. But now I'm paying $15 a month, and they're still sneaking in the advertisements here and there. They're right. still like, oh, well, this is going to be the flat line rate, and we're going to be $25.99 a month for no ads. It's like... And that's one platform. Yeah. You know, and (laughs) dude, the best thing that ever happened to me, it's happened a couple times over, but it really gives me pause. I am, I am terrible about like starting an app or downloading an app. And it's like, I need it for one reason. I need it to convert a, an Apple file to uh, a a movie file or whatever it is. So I download this thing. It's one ninety nine a month. Forget about it. Don't care. Next day. Oh, it's, I need a, a photo editor. $2.99, $2.99, I don't care, but it's reoccurring billing. So yeah. I lost, I, I, uh, I had an incident with fraud charge on my card. Actually, it went through a, a spell for about two weeks where I would go to sign into Facebook, which I don't use very often, but I would go to sign in there. Oh, your account has been compromised. You must change your password now. Like, not like, would you like to change it? Like, um, give us a phone number. We need to verify it. You change your password now. Instagram comes up the same thing. Uh, all my emails, uh, my Apple on my phone, my Apple ID needed a new password. And then I get this charge from Washington, DC for like 125 bucks on Amazon. I was like, okay, so this is different because before I've yeah. had credit card problems, but they got my Facebook, my Instagram. Oh, uh, wow. I mean, I literally had to go through my saved passwords and change the majority of them. But what I was getting at is whenever I've had these situations or I, I get those updated emails of like, hey, billing failure, billing failure, billing yep. failure. Dude, I was spending $150, $200 a month. Uh, this was a year or so ago on just reoccurring billing for those little $2, $3, $5 a month kind of things. That you haven't used since that first day you downloaded it. Exactly. So it yep. was like, oh, this is a blessing. Like, this is this is a good thing that my card got compromised. I get to reassess what I'm looking at here. So now I stay on top of that stuff. Um, I got one of those like debt, like debt mon- or not monitors, I guess. It's like, yeah, where, where's your money actually going? Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And dude, it's, it's been nice because, you know, I make enough money that I, you know, I don't have to check my balance to go eat. You know, sure. I can, I can afford things, but I don't make so much money that I can just haphazardly spend. Right. Right. So right. having this thing on there is like, I'm actually making progressive forwards of motion because it's like, oh, well, there's an extra $150 a month I saved. Boom. That is not yeah. going back into the circulation of things right. I can spend. So I, you can kind of allot your money a little more directed. So now instead of like at the end of the month, you've got this lump sum of cash. No. Even though it's not like actually moving in a bank, it's moving in my view to where I only have this much money to spend or I only have this much money available to me right now. And it's just a, it's just a discipline tool. You know, it's just one of those things like I'm because t- I'm on the road right now. I'm on the road a lot and I'll just pull into this uh, fast food place in, 
like I've been going to Long John Silver's a lot lately because they have <laughs> they actually have a salmon, a blackened salmon, rice, and green bean meal that is perfect to the calorie count of what I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, you know, you go for that ten days in a row, you're at 150 bucks. You know. So yep. okay. Well, how can what if, what does that meal cost if I make it ahead? Okay, now it's a yeah. five dollar meal instead yep. of twelve or thirteen dollars. Right. Uh, that kind of thing. So it, not that I was like blowing money left and right, but if you're not paying attention, you are. Exactly. You know what I mean? You're you're not staying yeah. aware of what you're spending money on. You you're not aware of what you're spending your money on. Dude, so this is like best, a look in the face. You yeah. Know? One of the I always say like one of the best budgeting things ever. One of the best budgeting things ever is to like just go get a new a new card or lose your card and then just not update what you're paying for because yeah, you'll man. get like like you said you'll get all the emails that'll tell you like your your billing for this didn't go through like do you want to update your card and then you get like like you said like 25 of those emails and then all of a sudden you're like holy crud like no i'm not updating it for 19 of these right. and like you said all of a sudden boom 150 bucks a month i'm not spending anymore yeah and it's like you know you do that there or okay i'm not going to eat out i'm going to prep my meals which again mm -hmm. that instills intrinsic discipline because now mm -hmm. when i'm home yeah there's a long john silvers right there but yeah. if i'm on the road okay now i'm at a wendy's or now i'm at a mcdonald's yeah now it's like how do i find the meal that fits this so again just by being aware, well, I'm paying double, almost triple for this meal. What if I cooked it at home? What if I prepared? So like for me, discipline begets discipline. Yep. You know, like when I start, when I start organizing myself, organizing my life, my finances, relationships, uh, all of those things get kind of restructured into their proper place. Man, I, I want more of that feeling. Yeah. The problem for a guy like me, is when I get to the point of like, okay, I'm in cruise control. Like this is automatic now, yeah. you know? So discipline is almost funny to me when I don't think about it. Like when I'm so ingrained in it, because then mm -hmm. it's like, this is easy. Like I'm, I'm conquering this. So I think for right. a guy like me, I don't know how to juggle it to where it's like, okay, do I stop focusing on this thing for a few months and focus on a new thing? So I stay motivated and productive right. or do I just keep adding more things? Because at some point the discipline is going to break the camel's back. You know, it's like, yeah, where is that line? You know, well, well, I'll ask you this too, because this is actually one of the things that we were talking about prior to, to jumping on one of the things I wanted to talk about today. And it leads right into this um, for, for you. Cause so for a little bit of backstory, like I, I was telling you these last handful of weeks um, around here, we're getting ready for a lot of like home changes and, you know, doing this whole process and uh, a lot of things that aren't usually a part of our, our daily lives or structure or things that I, you know, we need to take care of. Right. And um, throughout a lot of it, as, as the, the husband, the father, like I feel like I know that there's this responsibility that I have that this, there's a lot of things that take priority in certain time frames of life, right? Like, look, this is a couple of months that are going to be kind of crazy. Like there's things we need to get done. And so I tend to prioritize this, how I do things. Like I'll kind of put stuff in little boxes in my head. Right. And now these things over here that I know we've got two months, I got to get as much of this stuff done as I can. That gets the priority. Yep. And it oftentimes can come at the expense of some of those other boxes. Right. 
And I know it's not like a forever thing, but in the middle of that, I'm realizing, dang, like I haven't really had a good training session in like a week and a half, right? Like I've done some movement. I've gone to some jujitsu classes. I've done some things that are keeping me moving. And then I'm like, I'm moving boxes. I'm doing all this stuff that's very physical all day, but I'm not like in my normal routine of things because everything is kind of all over the place. And so when you're talking about how you go through these chunks of discipline where do I need to do something that keeps me kind of intrinsically motivated or maybe externally motivated by something, right? For me, I'm like, when I don't have that regular outlet physically, the way I handle stress and all of these other things that are now taking priority is really bad. Like I get, I get grumpy. I get, there's all of these things that it's a compound effect. If I'm not training well or consistently during these times, like it makes everything else, it makes me not deal with everything else as well. Yeah. You know? And I know that, like you said, you've had some of those same things too. So when you're, when you're in those types of phases, how do you prioritize getting the things done that need to get done for a certain amount of time. But then how do we also make sure we're devoting the energy necessary for us to be still at the top of our game to do all these other things? Does that make sense? Yeah, man. I, uh, that's a tough one because I would not look at any one person and tell, tell them I have that, that question figured out. Yeah. Um, I, I think that my balance is imbalance. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that as a cool statement. I'm saying that as like, man, it's, it's really hard. Um, because for me, I'm much like you. I can I can look at 100 projects that need to get done, say, from a working standpoint or a business standpoint. And I can get so focused on those that I stop training. I stop going to jujitsu. I stop worrying about my meals. Um and I, I get those things done. And I think this is where a lot of men fall. It's like what we've talked about, you know, man, to be a man these days, you've got 150,000 boxes to check. You know, like you've got to do jujitsu, you got to do ice baths, you got to train four days a week, you got to journal, you got to read a book, you got to love your wife, you got to raise your kids, you got to go to a job, you got to start a business. It's like boom, 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 boom. For me, and I think this is kind of like, I, I've been working on this idea for a number of years. But there's something about like the lifelong athlete syndrome. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what it is, but for me, when I and, and this is a tell. So anybody that watches my my Instagram or Facebook or anything, when you start seeing those meals pop up, when you start seeing me training hard, dedicatedly four or five days a week, I yeah. am falling apart. You know what I mean? Like I personally am falling apart. Yeah. So I have to resort to that discipline to somewhat bring me out of that hole. Um, so that's yeah. that's really where I operate is like I understand that my body is the vehicle that is going to get everything else in my life done. It is the it is the mind, yep. it is the body, it is the soul, it is the character of who I am. I will be better at everything else I do if this vehicle gets better. And for me, yep. that's why when I am like at a, at a standstill, when, when I'm not able to make those breakthroughs, when I'm not able to find the mindset to do the things I need to do, I double down, triple down on my physical discipline. Because that for me has always been the, I don't want to say the scapegoat, but it has always been yeah. the thing that I knew with 100% of surety I could control it. 
Like I can control when I go to bed, when I get up, what I do with those hours in between. And that's when, okay, my body's changing, my sleep is better. And that's what I'm saying. It's like all of those things are there. Like I never don't yeah. drink. I never don't put right. food in my mouth. But when I am struggling right. personally, those things get kicked up. Like, okay. And, and part of it is, like I told you, I get stress relief from training. I never get the same kind of stress relief from lifting a weight that I do from jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, I've, to- I've told you before, I run hot. I run aggressive. Like, that, that is just my natural default is that I'm aggressive um, kind of it's just how I'm that's just how I'm wired yeah and when I don't have those outlets I get madder and madder and madder about things to a point that I I still as a 41 year old man have yet to figure out how to curb that anger mm. without effort you know because part of it I think becomes a self-loathing you know, like you're just, you can't do it all. Like you, I get mad at yeah. myself because I can't do it all. Yep. And then I double down again and it's like, okay, you got your body in line. You got your, you're reading again, you're journaling heavily. You're, you're thinking about life. You're thinking about your soul. You're thinking about the afterlife, like all the things that, that I go through in a day. And it's like, now let's get on these projects. And for a while I do, I do really mm. good. But then the breadth of things that I'm trying to hold as discipline is the, the, undoing of my discipline because I right. can't do it and then it becomes like I'm just falling apart like okay I'm going to skip the gym I got to get this done um, yeah. shit I, I don't need to eat that meal I'm going to go grab Wendy's so for me I will tell you that like I, I guess I do fake it till I make it even though I hate that term but right. it, but it is like I always know I'm going to get back but I go it's, it's almost like a bipolar effect where Man, I'm really, really, really driven, and then I fall off a little bit. But the good news is, is now at 41, my my fall offs don't drop as far. You right. know, like, and I also have the wherewithal, wherewithal to know this is this is partly my own doing. So just step back, look at things from a different angle. Do you need to go to jujitsu five times a week? Do you need to train five nights a week? Do you need to get up in the morning and do five sessions of yoga? Like. But that's my answer to the chaos. Like I yeah. can control this this thing, and that's where I have to start when I feel unraveled. And I just don't know how to keep the fucking yarn wrapped. You know, like right. I can I can wrap it up. I can have it this tight little bundle, and then it comes undone again. So that's that's been my biggest struggle as a man. Is even Austin Freeland from Sornex told me he was like, dude, when you have something that we that we're like go do this you're a missile like we know you'll get it done we know that it'll be done right because that is your approach to things but when i am like kind of meandering my own way trying to well this is important well it's not important to the people that it should be important to so you know i I kind of find myself struggling with that like what do i do next how do i how do i get myself further in life how do i how do i evolve this thing so that i don't unravel again never figured it out I think, I think that's really, I don't even want to say common. I think it's kind of ingrained in, in men anyways, to be kind of like, like how you were describing it is like, kind of like a bird dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a pointer. Yep. Like you, you, you go out, like when we went sage grouse hunting a couple years ago, 
the dog that we were with, like he's running around and he is like, he knows exactly what he's there for, Yep. you know? And then, and then he finds something and he dead freezes and he does his job. And like, they love the work. Like they love doing the job. It's not like they're, they wish they were back in the truck laying down or they get too hot or whatever. Like those dogs love that job, Yep. you know? And it's the same with like any kind of like, like sled dogs or whatever. Like they live, they literally are born and love that. Like yep. that's how they know that they're living essentially. And I think that's how men are. Like if there's something to be done, like we need to know this is objective A, this is objective B, this is objective C, go get the three things done. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you do that, you have your next three things after, you know, and because that's, that's totally, I'm, I'm the same. That's totally how I am. If I know this is my timeline, these are the things that need to get done. I can zero in and get them done. Yeah. But if it's like, Hey, look, get this done when you have a minute. Uh, like this is something that we should work on one time. This would be cool. Like, Hey, can you maybe give a couple minutes towards this or whatever? Then it's like, I don't know where to focus. And I have this, not that I have a hard time necessarily prioritizing, but it's like what really needs to be done. Yeah. And I kind of wander or like I've described it before is like, I just kind of float. Like I can be, you know, 70% productive and still get some stuff done, but it's like, I'm kind of just floating through some of those days rather than, and it's not like I need to wake up and be that bird dog every day, but there's the sense of drive that comes with knowing exactly what to work for or work towards that makes it easier to do those things. You know, it's not like it makes it more difficult to stay disciplined. It actually makes it easier because I think that's kind of just how we're wired to focus. Yeah. Well, and I think even to the athlete syndrome, I, I, that's not a real thing. So just clarify, it's not a, re- right. a real thing, but it is just a concept. So, but I think that is very much how I grew up was like, yeah. the, the sport was what I wanted to do. That was my objective, but there were like sub objectives. Okay. You've got to, you got to get good grades. I didn't get 4.0. Yeah. I'd got good enough grades to stay on the team. Um, you got a girlfriend. Okay. I didn't pour into my, my high school girlfriend. Like, I mean, obviously I don't think any guy is pouring into his high school girlfriend the way that you want to, a woman. <laughs> but I also think that right. like, okay, I've got to call her. I've got to, I've got to make sure that that box is checked as far as I called her, uh, you know, said hello in the hallway, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I can get very, very, black and white with my production you know it's like okay get good enough get enough grades to play ball be good to your girlfriend like whatever it is and then it's like i got to play baseball in high school or i got to play basketball in high school or or soccer or whatever it was but it wasn't like i was doing those things to the best of my ability i was just doing those things well enough so that they allowed me to do the thing that i really wanted to do unbothered right you know and I think that's a problem for guys too, mm-hmm. is like, you've got the house and it needs a repair. Well, I'll get to it one day. You know, I'll get to it one day. I'll get to it one day. Or when you start it, it's like, I just want to get this stupid thing done so I can go back to the things I want to do. I, you know, obviously I'm effective and I can get things done. I built that, I built the whole deck and everything, the oasis at, at, at my place. So I could have a training space outside. Yeah. You know, I'm not an idiot. Like I, I am very, very dedicated to the things I care about. You asked me to just go build a rectangle because that's what's needed. 
I got to believe in that rectangle before I can build it, you know, where I don't get excited about it or I half ass it. And dude, that's a dangerous admission too, is like, I sit here and I talk about being the best man that I can be. I talk about being a better man than I am. Talk about all this stuff. And it's like, am I really putting in the effort to be the best man that I am? And then that flips the coin to like, can a guy just catch a fucking break every once in a while? Like to where you can just relax and like everything doesn't have to be perfect. Everything doesn't have to be, you know, like, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing that that's my frustrations with myself, but it's also some of the, that is a reduction sauce of the messages that I hear from men. Like I can't do it all. I can't do everything as perfect as it needs to be done or, or whatever. And it's like, I I don't know that answer. I've really struggled with that my my own life is like i don't want to do stuff half-assed but i also don't want to give my full attention to things i don't give two shits about but sometimes you have to but like i have that athlete brain of like this is my one thing this is my thing that i'm caring about this is my thing that everything else is working towards and right or wrong i have structured my life that way many many times where my pursuit my effort dictated how everything else in the pie was made you know what i mean instead of like oh i get to do this really awesome thing because all the pieces of my pie are full you know like and i'm doing the things the right way so that that i can live the life i want it's like i tend to navigate to the things that i want and struggle through the things i have to do does that make sense Are you there? There he is. There he is. Yep. I don't know what happened. That was really strange. It, it was, Sorry I think that. just connection. You were No, you're good. It was just a little spotty for a minute, and then you were gone. Okay. Well, just to revert back to what I was saying. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the feelings that I'm talking about are my own, but it's mm. also somewhat of a reduction sauce of the, of the men that reach out to me. And I think the biggest struggle is there are a lot of guys like me that, for the things that truly matter to me, you're, you're only going to get one mode. Like if I care about something, it is hell or high water, all I've got. But so much of life is the, is the minutia. It's the in between. It's the things that are inconsequential maybe to the thing that I care about, but it lends itself to the thing that I care about. So it's very hard for me to understand why, I think the failure in my life has been that I put the things that I'm either good at or interested in above all else. And that dictates the layout of my life around it rather than like getting my life the right way. And then it's like, Oh, I have the opportunity to do this really awesome thing because I took care of my other shit. That's, that is a, that is a clear fail point for me in that I don't generally view the things that I want to do in the same regard as the things I have to do. Yeah. And I I think that's a human thing. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a mind blowing statement, but it's very, very difficult for me to give the same effort to things I don't care about that, that may need that level of attention and detail. Yeah. Before I can do the thing I really want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, when you think about it too, that was exactly, I mean, I'm sure you were the same. I'm pretty sure I know you were the same growing up. That's how, we were, that's how I was taught to work. (laughs) Like, you know, you kind of said the same thing about sports, but it was like, look, this needs done. These are the things you have to do around the house. When this is done, then you can go do what you want. 
Well, see, you I know, was like stupid. Was... I hate. I hated every second of it. Right. Like exactly. I, I kissing my <laughs> right. mom under my breath and my dad. Right. Like I only did it because I feared the whipping. I didn't do it because I was like, oh, I'm a good boy. I'm going to do this. I was just, I was like, I'm a bad kid. I just don't want to get busted ass over not doing this, you know? And that is, that has followed me forever is that I think that I am intrinsically a bad guy that wants to be a good guy. Hmm. And, uh, my life has probably proven that more often than not, but you know, it's, it's not that I'm a bad guy with like bad intentions. It's right. just, I live as a bad guy cause I don't always see the rules as other people see them mm-hmm. like, like, you know, stop signs and red lights and lines in the road are just suggestions. Like, you know, I, don't I always have make, to stop. I, I <laughs> always make, I always make the joke at stop signs. It's like a teenager joke and my wife hates it, but okay. If I kind of roll through one, I was like, you don't have to stop at the ones that are outlined in white. And yeah, exactly. They're, and they're all outlined in white. She's like, you have to stop saying that. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"What?" laughs> uh, dude, laws are just, this is funny. This is a, this is a side note, but I was, I was uh, having this conversation. Actually, I've had it a couple times recently. Um, but laws are such a funny thing because they're typically only set up to protect the weak, you know, which was mm. like the royalty or the king, because if he was doing the good of the people, if he was doing the bidding of his people, they would have loved him and cherished him. They wouldn't want right. to kill him or harm him. Right. But because most of the kings were assholes and raising taxes and stealing lands, yeah. oh, I need walls. I need laws. I need these things to protect and prop me up. Nature has no laws other than the strongest survives. Yeah. That is it. And the strongest is not a strength, like as in a, as in a muscular strength. It is the will. It is the capability to find when others can't. It's the the strongest is the most persistent, the most willing. And I think it's funny that so many of these laws and really society today as a whole is structured to insulate and protect the weak. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it is, it, it's a funny thing, well, but has no relevance to anything else we're talking about other than the fact that I think there's a lot of guys out there too, that would make that statement that I'm a bad guy trying to be a good guy incorrectly. Cause I'm, I'm not a bad guy. I'm not, right. Like my intentions are not to hurt people. Now you hurt me. It's a different story. You hurt somebody I love. It's an even different story than that. But that's not my, I don't wake up polishing a gun to go out and save the world or do harm in the world. You know, right. I'm just trying to navigate 24 hours at a time and big picture. Yeah, I've done it. I'm successful. I've got the things that a lot of people might say, I wish I had your life. Totally get it. I wish I had the mindset where I didn't always feel like I hadn't done anything, you know? Yeah. The, the thing that I just thought about and it's, I don't know if I've ever, I mean, I've thought about it before and I, I want to see if you've ever had this same, the same thought. I'm, I'm pretty fascinated par- partly because it's where I live. Right. But mm-hmm. like the, the stories of the old West, mm-hmm. right? Like when people were pioneering out here, in the early 1800s and and the whole 19th century really when it, when it really was the wild West. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and talking about talking about laws and codes and all this kind of stuff. And there wasn't, I mean like in, in all these towns, there was the sheriff Mm -hmm. and you know, maybe a couple of deputies. Right. And like that was the police force Mm -hmm. and most things were handled without the need for him. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And and it wasn't there. There, you know, sure there were guys that were shooting each other in the streets still, or you know, do but they're dueling, right? Or like yeah. they get in a bar, they get in a bar fight, and they take it outside, and they go until someone backs off, and then it's over, right? Yeah. And I think about this as in relation to what we kind of see now with how so much more either surveillance or and or police involved. I, it, I'm seeing the opposite on the other side. Like there aren't there are people who don't back off when somebody's down in yeah. a fight. You know what I mean? And and terrible things that happen when people decide that they want to do harm, right? Yeah. Like it, and it's and it's like before there was even less quote unquote surveillance. I mean, there was no surveillance, but like there was less policing. And I don't know if it's like. I, I don't know if I'm working it out in my head. I'm kind of working it out as I'm talking, but it's like back then we had less, but there was less. So was yeah. it a cause? It was, was it a causation effect or was it something totally different? Like, or is it something that was changing in us over time? And I'm, I tend to believe it's a little bit more of that, especially in the last few decades uh, where we see a lot of mental health issues and all of these things that kind of crop up that, you know, didn't exist before. Well, you know, it's funny that you talk about this because this is something I've actually journaled about myself is like in self-analysis, right? Yeah. So let's say you get in a, in a fight right now. What is, what is your go-to thought process of like, I just want to end this as quickly as I can or, man, I could get in real trouble for this. So I'm already going to get in trouble for punching the guy. I'm going to fucking yeah. go to the, to the end of the earth. Mm that's that's more my stance is like yeah. once i try when i when, and again i could swing on somebody that kicked my ass and shot me in the head like i'm not saying this is billy badass i'm just <laughs> saying that that is typically my mindset is once i'm in i'm in like whatever this comes out to be that's what it's going to be dude just about killed somebody over here beside me that's cool <laughs> um but but more than that it's like I'm going to go way obtuse here, but I think the mindset that I have in that regard is similar to why we're seeing some of the violence in schools. Um, my best friend and I from high, from middle school, high school actually started um, from a fist fight. And shortly thereafter, like didn't even know why we were fighting. Yeah. And then it became kind of stupid and we laughed about it. And I think that's what happens is you get a kid that maybe is perpetually bullied, sees no way out. School doesn't help. You know, I, I dealt with this shit um, when my son was small, had a fucking bully whose parents were bigger pieces of shit than the kid was. And like every time that this was called out, like my kid had long hair, this kid throws gum in it, you know? And it's like, had to cut the hair or had to cut the, you know, it's just shit like that. Kids are kids. I get it. But the parents, of the child were adamant that he wasn't a problem, blah, 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 blah. So this kid, my son, not that he felt this way, but it'd be very easy for that kid to feel like, man, nobody's going to help me. Yeah. I have to do this myself. Yeah. Oh, I can't fight that guy. Cause he's two grades older and he's a, you know, much bigger kid, man, maybe I should just shoot that motherfucker. And like, I'm not saying that's, that's what's happening. Right. But I am saying from a place of myself as an adult where I'm like, man, I'm in some trouble here. I don't know my way out of this. I'm going to become a Wolverine. Like 
I'm going to be as hard to handle as I can. If this man puts his hands on me, whatever that means, you know, and like, that's not good either. But I also think it's very much a survival. It's a survival tool Mm -hmm. is that, you know, we, I think for the most part, people want to want to color inside the lines. You know, they don't want to cause any problems. They don't want to be any problems. But dude, the world is full of problems and they're agitating. Like they're they're accumulating and they're getting, like you said, it's not just I want to go to school and beat up the bully. I want to go to school and kill this bully. And I want to kill all his friends and I want to kill the teacher that didn't stop it. Now, I don't know if that's 1% or 50% of any of the equation. It just seems like to me, like you said, Buddy, you go into a bar and start running your mouth and you've got the fear of a guy squaring up on you saying, hey, let's go to the street. I got a, I got a gun. Let's throw down. You might not run your suck so much. Yeah. You know, and whereas you go get in a fight, you hit somebody, they hit you, you squabble around, you're both bleeding. We're fighting over some girl in a bar and it's like, man, that was stupid. Let me yeah. buy you a beer. I don't know that that's going to happen a hundred percent of the time either. Like, I don't know what's going to be. If, I don't know if that happens at all anymore. Like, you know, right. It, but, it, but that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like that, 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 at least that argument or at least that potential outcome seems to be less and less and less than yeah. the extreme. And I yeah. don't think that we have as many as extreme people as we are seeing extreme acts. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. So they get highlighted, I don't know. obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why it's happening, and I don't know why it's happening more. I, I just don't know, man. Is it is it people like us that are like really trying to search themselves out, and they're so they're so unsure of what to do that they make mistakes, or and or they choose to do the wrong things, or what? But I don't know. I, I really struggle with that on many fronts because it's just like this morning, right before we got on the phone, some dude cut me off. And I like stick my hand out the window, like all good, man. No problem. Starts flipping me off, comes over by the side here. And I'm not saying this again to be Billy badass. I've got seven knives and two guns in my truck right now. Actually, I've got four guns in my truck right now. Um, So it's like, you're just going to roll up on somebody and start talking shit because it was your fault. Well, if I'm a different type of person in a different type of setting, we're going to have a different type of conversation. Yeah. Or if we're in the street, not in vehicles. But anyway, it's like, where does that brazenness come from that guy? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why is that the go to? But I think to kind of rewind all this back to one point when we talked about the old West and we talked about focus and discipline and these things. I worked on a farm when I was growing up and every day when we get to the farm, we get our little breakfast and we'd be talking about the day. I can tell you with a surety I never had more than three tasks to complete in one day. Yeah. Hey, we're going to go out here and we're going to set this field for tobacco. You're going to come in and you're going to move the cattle from this field to this field. You're done. You do that. Doesn't matter if it's one o'clock or three o'clock or seven o'clock. Once you're done with that, you're done. I think that is a huge contribution to people's happiness back then because it's like, okay, my day kind of winds down when the job is done. Right. Well, now, if you believe in modern society's constant, like shoved down your throat, the job never ends. If, if that job ends at one, you better have another business till five. And then you better be going to lift weights and take your kids to swimming and shoot guns with your wife and all this. It's like there's just too many expectations on our days. Yeah. And I think that is where we're getting mental illness because our brains are not getting 
there's there's been cases of mental illness forever. There's always been crazies and there's always been like misalignment. But this is the question that I really am curious. And again, I'm sorry I'm all over the place as I un- unravel this. What if mental illness in modern times was actually a superpower previously <laughs> based on the construct of life? Like what if your ability, you know, like let's just say someone with bipolar and this is this is way non-scientific but let's say what if their bipolar episodes or manic or their depressive episodes revolved around the seasons and it made them more adaptable to those seasons for some reason like it's the winter you're depressed okay get up and move get out and get the sunlight get get working okay in the summer you're manic like i got to do all this stuff i don't know that that's the case but interesting where where in the human experience did people start deciding what normal was what well-adjusted was, it's like humans are doing that so much altogether now. It's like, oh, I, I just hit a big total, so I'm going to write a powerlifting book. Or I did this thing, and I'm going to write this, and I'm going to write this. We're really trying to chronicle our lives as we live it. Rather than reflecting and looking back, we're trying to tell – we're trying to create our story as we tell it. Right. You know, it's just I do. none of that makes any sense whatsoever when you think about them individually. But when you kind of put it all together, it's like we're more crazy than we've ever been. We're just as violent, if not more so than we've ever been. But we ha- we live in the laps of, laps of luxury and comfort at a level that we've never seen. Yeah. So is that the answer? Is comfort and luxury and excess the answer to happiness? Because from what I see from what the literature says about mental health in this country, from what the diagnosis and uh, prescription drugs say about the health and state of the mental capacity of this country is we are losing. We are losing ground. No other country has the problems that we have. And I've traveled quite a bit. Is it it a cultural thing? Is it American culture? Is it a human thing? Is it like, and to bring it all back to men, I can't figure it out. You can't figure it out. And we're trying, and you and I talk about this stuff a lot. Like this is on our brains a lot. So how does an average guy that is caught up in the storm of, I get up at five, get my kids up at six, go to work at seven, drop his kids off at seven, 15, pick them up at three, baseball at five, training at seven for me, you know, try to get dinner on the table before nine. Like how do they do it? And what yeah. can be done if you can't do it or you don't feel like you're doing it? Yeah, that uh, man, it's right in the middle of where I am right now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's what started yeah. this whole conversation is how, and it's not even about necessarily priorities, but there's the, I, I kind of view it as the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like we have these things that need done, what needs done? And then... What, what do I have time for after? And I think what happens is we tend to put the things that should be in the what needs done box somewhere else. Yeah. A lot of times. They'll, be, because they'll, be, they'll always be there. They'll, yeah, right. Because we think they'll always be there, right? But then it, 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 but what happens often like with me, and I know like what you were talking about with yourself too, is sometimes my training should be, my, my training should be in the what needs to be done box. Yep. Because I know when I do it, I'm better at these other things that actually need done. Yeah. But when I put it over here, then everything else starts to slip and I'm wondering why. And it's like, well, 
dude, you haven't done anything physical in a week and a half. Like you're not as sharp as you need to be, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's simpler of a solution than we want to make it because we know that it's like, it's just one decision a day. Like go, go sweat for 20 minutes. Like you're going to yeah. feel sharper after that, but we want to make it 40 other things that we think was the problem. And it's like, it's not, it's simple. Here's like, we're talking about, here's your three things today. Like you said, I was the same. Every summer job I had was working for my dad for his, uh, like he's in farming industry, right? He's not a farmer, but he's what's called an agronomist. And so he tells farmers essentially how to grow everything. So yep. he'll go out and take soil samples and tell them like, here's how much to water. Here's what you put on the stuff. You know, here's when we're doing all this. He schedules everything out for these huge, you know, tens of thousands of acres, hundreds of thousands of acres of farms. And yep. my job every summer was to go out and walk in 40 different fields a day and take plant samples every 10 feet for three pivot tracks. And then on the way back out, like make a pie shape and put them in a bag, mark them what field it was, like what growth stage, whatever plant or whatever crop it was, take it back to his lap. So I'm like outside walking fields all day long. It was the same thing. It's like, these are the list of fields I have today. If I get up and I'm in my first field at 530, I'm done at 1.30 or two o'clock. But if yeah. I decide to sleep in and I'm like, oh, I'll get to my first field around seven or 730, not only in now in the middle of July, am I outside working in 110 degree heat in the middle of the afternoon and it's miserable. But it's like, now I'm not done till four or five. Yeah, you know, for sure. So it's like, yeah. we have this, we have these things of our need to do's or our tasks that when we have them, it's just, man, we can be so right on and, and put these things right where they need to go. And I think that's where for me, and it's how I'm still trying to figure this out. Cause I'm in these, I'm in a new phase. Now there's a second child, right? Yeah. So now we're managing two children. Now we're managing all of these other things. And it's every time something different changes, I have to learn, relearn how to manage the household. Yeah. Right. Like, cause it's never the same. And then if, you know, in, in several months when we're in a, if we're in a new house, now we've literally got a new house. Like I've got to right. learn how to manage everything in this new location, how we're going to do these, these chores, how we're going to get involved with everything. So it's never there. I don't think there's ever going to be this point where it's like, here's how I can operate forever. And everything is going to yeah. be the same. You know, I can't just literally check this same four boxes every day because all sorts of things change in my life. Maybe there's another child in a couple of years, yeah. right? Now we've got three, maybe we're doing, maybe I've got another business that, that pops up, that transitions into another thing. Like there's always something to manage, but having those staples of my need to do's and having training be in that block, like that can at least alleviate how I handle some of that stuff by making me sharper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, do you think the ultimate rebel in modern society is the guy that, that simplifies to like, not to say a monk, but maybe yeah. a monk like status, you know? Yeah, dude. Um, because what's being told to us and sold to us repeatedly is the never ending vacation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and I think that for, for a guy like myself that has traveled extensively, I've heard multiple times, man, you know, oh, you should come to this, but it's probably not as cool as you think because you've been all around the world. Yeah. It's not as cool as you think because you've been around the world. Well, at some point in my travels around the world, I lost any sense of what home was, mm. you know, um, the road yeah. became home. And I think that when something like that becomes home, 
it's almost an it's almost an addiction in and of itself because it yeah. skews everything. It you know, an addiction can become anything that alters your ability to do the things you need to do for your life. Yep. And you know, we talk about alcohol as an escape. We talk about drugs in a, as an escape. Well, what about the perpetual traveler? Yeah. You know, the person that cannot put roots down anywhere. And that's that's a realization I've had about myself. So looking at myself and the life that I've lived, you can get to a point where travel becomes like, oh, it's just the next place. It's just the next thing. Just So I do agree with you that we cannot have these static existences because things do have to change and they need their place. But man, I sure do wish sometimes, and this sounds like a very privileged statement, having been around the world two or three times, I have for sure forgotten at times how lucky and fortunate I was to be seeing what I was seeing. Oh yeah. I And, and now that I have that realization, when I travel, I get a different perspective on things. I take more time on things. I slow myself down because one, I'm not trying to prove to you that I'm having a good time by showing you a thousand right. photos of my good time. Most of the time now, if I can find myself having a good enough time, holy shit, I wish I had pictures of that because it was so great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's and what I'm getting at is for people, are we doing these things to the point where we 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 lose their value? It's like. You know, the guy that goes out and, and sleeps with a girl every every time that he goes in a bar. It's like, what is the value gain there? What what did you really get from that interaction? Did you get anything from that conversation? Or were you just thinking about your orgasm and the next one? And the next one and the next one. And like what what is that actually filling as far as a void in your life? Or is it just deepening the hole? Is it creating more of a void in your life? Because now when you approach a woman that might be perfectly compatible, perfectly uh, suitable as a, as a relationship, mm-hmm. your angle is I got to get my fix, you know? And I think that a lot of times in life, especially with the pace that it is and the stress that people are under, under many times we fall to the trap of actually improving our lives by seeking the thing that we, that is going to remove the immediate void. Like I just want to feel a little better right now. So I'll, that that right woman will be out there next time. That right person will be out there next time. Or I won't drink when I go out the next time. But tonight, I want to feel better. Tonight, I want to feel better. And it's like at some point, everything becomes a negative. You know, if, yeah. if, you, if you frame it poorly. So yeah. that's what I'm trying to do with my life, I guess, as a whole, is put things in their appropriate place. Don't take the big things for granted. And don't do so much of the big things that they become the norm, you know, like, yeah, don't, don't make travel so constant that when you travel, it's like, again, you know, like you should be going somewhere and doing things that you are fully recognizing as, man, this is better than what I could be doing if I stayed put, you know, like I'm going to grow from this. I'm going to gain from this. And I don't even know that people are searching for gain or growth in the things that they do. It's like, as long as I can make you believe that I've gained or grown, I've gained or grown. But I think that also leads to an intrinsic hollow feeling inside when it's not authentic, you know? It makes me think kind of what what you had said a couple minutes ago um, about like, who are the rebels, Mm -hmm. right? And it makes me tie it back in 
even to the in, to talking about the old west because i think who i've always made a distinction in my head and whether it's a correct distinction or not i'm not sure but i've always made a distinction between who are outlaws and criminals yeah oh there's a difference like i don't know For sure you know what i mean difference. i yeah. i think that and so i've and i've always I've always made a distinction in my head and I don't know if I could articulate what I think the distinction is. And maybe you can, but I, when you're talking about like, who are the rebels now or who are the outlaws now? I imagine it's, it's just the people that are moving away from where popular culture is telling them they need to be and not abiding by not in, in some literal cases it's laws now, right? Like, and so the, the actual term does apply. But it looks a lot like the outlaws now look a lot different than what they did 200 years ago. You know oh, what I mean? For sure. And, well, and, and I, I think almost, that's a, yeah, go ahead. I, well, I was just going to say, I think it's just a softening of people, you know, like, yeah. And not that everybody should go out and then like join an MC and start wearing leathers, you know, like that's <laughs> kind of what comes to mind. It's like that 70s, 80s, 90s outlaw. But, I do think you're right is maybe, maybe the outlaw now is an intellectual outlaw. You know, you're reading things on both sides of every, of of every coin to the point that you're actually thinking for yourself. You're actually formulating ideas from information, not from just what you're told. And that goes somewhat back to the idea that Phil English talked about, like, do you believe this because you bled for it or because your mom had told you to? And that's such a pervasive thought for me, but I also, I saw, so I worked in a bar and it was a rough, rough bar. Okay. Um, it was a strip club. I was a bouncer and what you would get in that setting was very diverse. Like shortly after work, you would get the, the guys in the business suits around eight thirty, nine o'clock. You would get, you know, and I'm just speaking honestly, I don't care if this offends anybody or not. Like you would just, you would literally have businessmen come in, all black, white, Mexican, whatever. They come in at five, six o'clock, eight o'clock. You get the, the Mexican workers that went home. They work construction. They come back and they're slicked up. Nine, ten o'clock, you get the guys, the black guys coming in. So you have this like strange world. And then 10, 30 or 11, the bikers roll in. So it's like I was working in a bar. To tell you the truth, I had a gun put in my stomach. The next night I was given off and my replacement was my manager's brother. He was shot in the back of the head over doing his job uh, three times in the parking lot. So this place was rough. And one instance showed me what an outlaw was versus what a bad guy was. So yeah. this businessman comes in and he slung coke to the girls. Like he, he was a legitimate banker, but he always had coke on him. He always like spread coke around to the girls buy drinks, whatever. And uh, this guy comes into him and I guess there was a Coke deal that went bad because this is, this is a biker and a businessman and they're talking. And my assumption is the bikers probably sold him Coke or they bought Coke from him and shit went south. Well, this biker, his name was Beans because he always kept like uh, gram bags of Coke in his pocket and he called them Beans. Like, can I get a bean? Can I get a bean? So, He's, they called him Beans. And he's literally beating the shit out of this guy 
on the ground, this businessman in a three-piece suit, hair slicked back, big diamond cluster rings, Rolex watch. He beats the shit out of him. And at the end of, at the end of it all, he said, fuck with me again and I'll kill you. He's like, what's your money going to do for you now? Take off that fucking watch. And the fact of the matter is, the outlaw had principle. He had a code that he was holding and, a, and standing by and upholding. The businessman would fuck any girl with a pussy, would sell drugs to a kid, would do anything he could to make more money. And that outlaw, so who was the crook, right? The outlaw sure looks like a bad guy, but the crook was the guy in the business suit. And the outlaw put him in his place. To me, outlaws are Robin Hoods, right? They're going to get theirs, but they're not going to take from you unless you warrant it. That's mm. the difference in a criminal and an outlaw to me. Yeah. Yeah. Outlaws have a code. Criminals do not. If it that makes, makes any sense. It does. And it makes me wonder, like, anymore, who are, who are those people? Like we need them. I mean, we need them. We need people yeah. who aren't afraid of the law and who yeah. aren't afraid of doing what's right outside of the law. That's that's always been a belief of mine, and I believe it more now than ever. Well, and it makes me. It, it still just I have these. I, I don't know how accurate they are because the only representation I've ever seen of this time is through like movies and and you know I've I've read books about uh, you know Wyatt Earp and those kind of those days, right? But how often anymore? does and i guess we each know somebody uh we know somebody mutually who has sort of this story where it's like i don't hear many guys that just go get in trouble and they have to spend a night in jail and then they get to go home and everything's fine and they're almost like friendly with the police that bring them in yeah. there because they're like they're almost kind of just protecting them but it makes yeah. me think of <clears throat> um stories of of a mutual friend that we have you know uh that he would like be training and police would come while he's back squatting and like, all right, yeah. let's go. Like you did this before. Like we need to take you in now. And he's like, give me a minute. I'm finishing my set or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's those kind of guys out there where they're not malicious. They're not out there to like harm anybody or cause harm, but they're also, like you said, they're not afraid of getting in trouble for doing something that violates what they believe. Yeah. Well, and I think too, so this is a micro situation, but this was yesterday. I got into a coffee shop and I'm in line and this coffee shop is like impossible to get in and out of impossible. If you're, if anybody in the line is an asshole. So I leave a buffer of about two car lengths, four cars behind me. There's two, there's a buffer of two car lengths so that people that are parked there can pull in and out of their spot or you can pull in and park. I'm waiting in line. This lady in a Mercedes whips in in front of me and like pulls into the line. Well, you know, I'm a pretty aggressive, like I said, I'm a pretty aggressive person and, uh, you know, it pissed me off, but I was sitting there looking behind me and I could see people like in line, like hitting their, like what the fuck, you know, going on and on. And it doesn't, it doesn't help the situation that this woman is like an archetype of a particular female subset that I cannot stand. Like, it cannot stand. Like, she's, she has no discipline in her life whatsoever. Um, heavy set woman, and not that heavy set women are my problem. Heavy set women that live in the lap of luxury and try to mask their inability to have any discipline 
they had their nails done, they had their hair done, they're wearing a big a fancy watch, driving a big fancy brand new car. She is just living in the lap of comfort and excess, right? Like there's nothing about her life where she actually struggles for anything. And this is what got me out of my truck. I walked up there and I pecked on her window. And of course, I mean, I'm fresh out of jujitsu. So I'm like sweaty, padded mess, <laughs> no shirt on. And uh, I put, I grabbed a, I had a shirt, clean shirt in here. So I put the shirt on, pecked on the window. And I'm like, you know, you cut line, right? She said, oh, honey, I'm in a hurry. And I said, the back of the line is there. And the best thing I can tell you to do is get the fuck to the back of the line. And she pulled out of the parking lot and left completely. <laughs> and, you know, we pulled up and got our coffee. That doesn't make me a good guy, but I did the right thing. You know, like this is somebody who is a perpetual line cutter. You know what I mean? And yeah. that is where... wasn't the first time she'd done that. <laughs> right. And, it, and, and that is the thing that like, I'm not saying go out and punch everybody, shoot everybody or stab everybody. But when somebody's a piece of shit, there should be somebody in the room that checks them. You know, just like on that plane where that dude was like threatening to stab everyone and kill everyone. And you had a dude falling asleep listening to his headphones in front of him. Like his eyes are like heavy. That's not an outlaw. That's just doing what's right. And sometimes you got to do some bad shit to do the right thing. Hmm. Sometimes it's as petty as picking on a woman's window and telling her to get to the back of the fucking line. Sometimes it's knocking somebody out and sometimes it's more than that. But I think in this society, we are structured so heavily to not like not interfere don't 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 yeah. get your hands dirty on anything i think that's why we're in the shape we're in because yeah. if some guy comes up and says something smart to your wife i feel like you have an obligation at this point to set him correct yep. doesn't mean you have to hit him but it means you can check him and yep. if he's an asshole after that you might hit him yep um I just don't think there's enough of that in the world. Like people checking the assholes. Yeah. As dumb and terrible as that sounds. That's what she said. <laughs> He's out here checking assholes, man. <laughs> so this, <laughs> this, uh, I just realized, and this would have been a perfect opportunity for it. Had I realized how to do this before, but I realized today that I have a soundboard over here that I can put sound effects into and just click them in. It'll drop them live into the thing like old radio. So that would have been like the perfect, I'm going to see if I can do it real quick. We do, like, I don't know if it'll do it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was good. So that might be a part of future shows is this soundboard. I'll have to find some. Oh, I hope so. But uh, no, I, you know, that's something else I struggle with too, because, you know, <clears throat> kind of the life I've lived, um, it's, it's put me in situations where I've had to fight a lot more than I probably should have, but I can honestly say this. I've never heard a child. I've never hit a woman and I've never heard a good guy. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. or I've never even approached a good guy in a bad way. Um, most people that I think get it, have it coming to them. And I think I don't know that that's an absolution as far as a, as a solution for the masses, but man, yeah. certain people need to just start enacting upon that. Like when you see some bullshit, call it bullshit. Yep. You know? Yeah. But I don't know, man. I don't I have the answers. Good. 
<laughs> that's our that should be the name of this show actually because i think we both say that at least a couple times every episode is i don't have the answers well, I, I <laughs> it's true there's though a, there's a there's a beautiful honesty to it though as a counterpoint so everybody that's out here selling you the solution to your life yeah you know like you're a great coach you work with men all the time i've been a coach i've worked with men more often than i haven't as far as like yeah about this kind of stuff doesn't doesn't mean we have all the answers just means that we know there are parameters that can make your life better yeah but you have to do that work and i think that's what's so valuable from this podcast is hopefully dispelling some of the rumor that i think if a person hires you and you've got some open coaching spots right now if they hire you their life is going to improve but it's not going to be because you're sitting there micromanaging you're going to give them some tools and they have to learn how to use those tools appropriately for their life yeah these these things where it's like you come to this weekend getaway and we paint ourselves and we pretend like we're warriors and we you know we smoke some weed and we do some ayahuasca and you're going to go home and and life's going to be better you're fucking wrong mm-hmm. like there is no good life that is an overnight decision most things in life take a lot of effort and they take more thought before the effort mm-hmm. and um that leaves me coming back to the statement of i don't have the answers yeah I, I, I certainly don't have the answers for myself. You know, I'm still trying to find those out. And I think anybody that tells you they have it figured out is a con artist. And maybe they're trying to believe that themselves. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. All right, man. I think that was a good wrap up spot. Oh, I think it's great. I'm going to do this right here. There we go. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be too fun. I'm going to try not to overdo that and ruin it for everybody, but I just I just discovered it like an hour ago. <laughs> it's your new toy. You it's to a new toy. You get to play with it for a little while. Uh, all right, man. We'll call it we'll call it there and we'll be back next week. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for always being flexible, dude. Always, buddy. All right. Thanks, later, guys. guys.